Hello and welcome for another episode of Wise Women Wednesdays. I am Jennifer Regular, a soul-centered empowerment coach at Lighting the Path and also your host here at Wise Women Wednesdays. I am happy to have my special guest is Tekka Thompson today, joining in from Columbus, Ohio. Welcome, Tekka. Hello, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so oh, it's excited. such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure. So I know you a little bit, but the audience doesn't yet. So let me just tell them a little bit about you. Tekka Thompson is a self-care facilitator who creates spaces of rest, healing, and transformation. She's also a storyteller and community builder. Tekka is a certified breath zone breath coach and yoga nidra guide. Mm, I love yoga nidra. Tekka Thompson has had advanced training in somatic stress release and gentle somatic movement. Today, she's going to share a season of rest. Why do color of women, why do women of color need to rest? Tekka, again, I'm so glad that you're here and I'd love to hear about rest because that's not something that people really tend to value anymore. We yearn for it. We want it, but how much do we really take the time to create space for that rest and digest, to be able to just allow ourselves to surrender and relax and settle into the present moment, into our bodies? And women of color, perhaps that's in a different sense that you're feeling that um, that's especially important. So I'd love to hear um, how this became your passion and how you came to find a place of rest, because I know probably your journey hasn't always been a linear one because none of ours are. So I'd love to hear how all this came about for you. Absolutely. And again, thank you for the space to um, share my story and share my perspective on um, why I feel women of color in particular really need to center rest in their lives. And you're absolutely right. It's, it's um, a societal or a cultural expectation that we just work, 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 work. And that rest is um, kind of like um, luxury, like a luxury, like I work so hard and I get to rest or like we um, have to earn rest, but rest and sleeping um, are required for our bodies to function properly and um, having proper rest also um, having a practice of rest um, also helps us to access um, our creativity and our spirituality and um, some things that we don't think about on a different level. We can always be creative and we can always be connected spiritually, but when you're centering rest, it opens up almost like a portal to a different level of creativity and a different um, level of a connection um, uh, spiritually and also with nature and um, all these different um, aspects that because we're not resting enough, we're speeding, we're speeding by the opportunity for these beautiful connections. And we don't oftentimes have a time to connect with each other because we're so busy working. But for me personally, I'm gonna share a little bit about um, my business, which is Sacred Healing Spaces and how that all came about. During um, the beginning of the pandemic, um, my body, 
became incredibly dysregulated for lots of reason. It was the pandemic and the social and racial um, unrest that was happening here in America. Um, and in particular, um, I am immunocompromised and I um, have been, ever since I was 10 years old, uh, because of an, an accident, but I never looked at it as a disability until COVID came. All of a sudden, I'm at higher risk um, for um, having serious complications. Um, and before, um, my condition always was kind of like, um, it made me feel stronger. Like I have this thing wrong with me, but I can do what every, everyone else could. So that kind of began to wear on me. And also the fact that people of color were um, being impacted um, disparately by this um, COVID as well. So we, you know, you have that. And then um, the videotape of the murder of Ahmad Aubrey was released. Um, and Ahmad Aubrey was a young man who was jogging in a neighborhood in Texas. And um, uh, three people decided that he must have committed a crime and they chased him down and they murdered him. Um, and so when that videotape was released, I didn't watch the video because I don't believe in watching um, violence on black and brown bodies being replayed over social media or video because mm -hmm. it desensitizes our system to violence on black and brown bodies. If you keep seeing it over and over again, you kind of just yeah, so um, I don't particularly watch it, but I knew something was going on on that day. Uh, you know, people were acting strange and hear it on the news. And um, I still have not watched the video. But what happened was my son, who, of course, is a, black, a young black man, almost the same age as Ahmaud Aubrey was, was an avid jogger. He jogged, was jogging every day because the gyms were closed. And it just did something to me where I became so dysregulated, I wasn't able to hold anything. Like I couldn't function almost. And everything in me that day wanted to call my son and say, can you please not jog tomorrow? But I was not even able to pick up the phone and call my son. Oh, wow. I just, yeah, so I crawled into bed and my the anxiety was just, uh, like I've never had before. So I had the anxiety of this, this unknown virus that was out, you know, and being locked in the house. And then this, like, it, I, it felt like everything that I ever held for all the people in my life, I dropped it and I wasn't able to hold it. The only thing I could do was crawl into bed. Mm. And um, so I did a couple of things. Um, after a while, find a, I found a listening community um, through Sidewalk Talk Org, um, and they were doing a series on racism. And I decided that, hey, I wanted to try and show up. And I didn't realize how powerful listening could be wow. sitting in a community of um, you know people. And it didn't really matter what we were talking about. It was just the act of connecting with another human. Um, and I found that it wasn't that I was being witnessed. It was when I sat quietly and leaned in and listened to someone else. There's something 
um, well, now I now know that um, the vagus nerve runs through all of the middle ear, the eyes, and the nose. And so there's a sense of co-regulation that we're wired to, um, you know, connect in that way. Back then, I didn't know. I thought it was voodoo. I'm like, what is this? I feel incredibly calm. What is happening? <laughs> so that, um, that got me started on my way. And um, then I just started to rest whenever I couldn't hold anything. When I couldn't think or process, I would go back to bed. I would nap. I just began to honor uh, my body. So if my body said, nope, not today, and it didn't matter if work started at eight, if I clocked in at 8.15 and I began to feel heaviness or tiredness, I would clock out and I would go rest. Um, and uh, so I just began to center rest. And so it was a progression. Initially, I was resting for survival. I had to lay my body down, right? Um, and then after a while, I started to feel better, begin to rest for my health. Like I was on the bottom, I began to rest because it was replenishing me, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was healthy for me to rest in that way. Um, and then I moved from resting for my health to resting because it was pleasurable. It feels good. It feels really good to lay down in the middle of the day and take a nap, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I rested because rest is pleasurable. If we allow ourselves the mm. pleasure, I mean, like if you think about it, um, what is like what is more yummy than on an afternoon when you lay down and you're 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 tired and you just kind of softly drift off into a, a nap and there's no pressure there's no to-do list and you just kind of drift off in this beautiful nap and you wake up feeling refreshed right that, that's beautiful right it just feels good absolutely absolutely and that's the thing when some quite often i hear people experiencing the opposite that when they lay down they feel so much pressure and they have that to-do list running through and they can't seem to get really settled even though they're lying down and resting they can't seem to calm their mind and emotions enough to actually feel like they're resting mm -hmm. and I love the perspective that you mentioned earlier too about you know not having rest as a survival mode where we just need to crash and just do nothing for a while and just you know, zone out and, you know, have some snacks and watch Netflix or, you know, something like that, but rather thinking of rest as creating the space and conditions to be able to allow your body to regulate again, to self-regulate, to come back into your own natural rhythms. And also that there's, it opens up a whole portal, a whole different level of experiencing life in current reality from a different lens, a different space, a different energy that's brought into that. How is it that you call it a season of rest? Um, well, so finally, the last part of the season, so I went from survival to health, to pleasure, to mm -hmm. thriving. Ah. And in that thriving space, space of rest is where I really discovered and experience that if I rest, what opens up to me, mm. right? What really opens up to me 
um, because I would begin to rest and I would wake up and I could write an entire curriculum program, like just write it out. It would just flow. Um, and it became really present to me. And even now, even though that was a while back, like even now that um, there are times when I lay down to rest that it is functional and I, I can feel that I've pushed myself too far and there's a shutting down, right? And mm -hmm. I'm just resting to repair the body. But there's also a time when I can completely feel that I'm resting to make connection with nature, to make connections with my creativity, my spirituality. I feel it. And when I wake up, it, I feel enlightened, right? And so it just like yoga or meditation, rest becomes a practice. Um, and so I say season because I went through like a winter, <laughs> a winter, a spring and a fall and a summer, just like those four phases. And so it was my season of rest. And I walked out of that season and um, founded my business, Sacred Healing Spaces. The sacred space is the space for rest. And also I started somatics at the same time. And so a space to whatever your sacred practice is, just creating that space, whether rest, somatics, yoga, breath work, um, those spaces are sacred because they allow us to connect to our body's wisdom and also to our spirituality and to the earth. Making it sacred. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. And what kind of effect has this had on your son? Well, you know, I... My son was, in a sense, very, dis, not, not as dysregulated as me. So it's like, I was not able to have these conversations with my son because it took him over the edge. Oh. And so like, we really, I was, for a long time, I wasn't able to tell him how it impacted me. So I held it in because whenever we would start talking about the social and um, racial um, unrest that was happening in America, it would activate his nervous system, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I really just kind of kept it to myself. But I do remember, and this is how this is how racism uh, lives in our bodies. After all of that resting and time spent. Um, her, you know, healing myself. Um, my daughter, I have a daughter, my kids are 16 months apart and my, um, they're in their 20s. And my daughter called me one day and she said, mom, I'm on my way to New York. I'm halfway there. And I'm like, what? Like, did you not like want to tell me that you were going to jump on the highway and head out to New York? I think it's like eight or nine hours. And, uh, you know, and so we just kind of laughed about it because she goes to New York quite frequently. But this particular time, I had no idea she was getting on the highway and, and going. And uh, we laughed about it, right? And then about five minutes later, my son called and he said, Mom, I'm going to get a haircut. And without thought or um, provocation or anything, my gut twisted. And the, 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 the narrative that came up was, what side of town are you going to? Who's going with you? Who's cutting your hair? And so this sense of my son, who is a very large um, 
when I say he's attractive, because he is, young Black man moving through this society lives in my body that even after all of that healing and time to rest, I still didn't feel safe with him moving in the world mm. just to go get his haircut. Now, I mean, I was okay with my daughter jumping on the highway alone, driving to New York. And I, but when my son said he was going to the barber and I, there was no thought in that. My body reacted, my stomach twisted in a knot and my mind began to race of how can I keep you safe in this world? Like, where are you going? What side of town are you going on? Is someone going to go with you to the barber? Um, and then um, I was able to rebound from that and, you know, center myself just because of the practices. But um, it just let me know that it, it, it just lives in your body, right? Mm -hmm. And cellular memory too, right? There's all mm -hmm. those imprints that are on cellular memory that can come up you know, through the generations so, and yeah. So my son, like my son doesn't like really like to talk about like how it impacted me in such a negative way. Cause he's just, you know, it makes him feel bad. And then also it kicks up his activation as well. So <laughs> we really, I did, I did get a chance to tell him about it and, um, you know, we agreed and we talked about, you know, that it was good that I was able to heal and, uh, but he didn't really talk much about how all of that impacted him, but I know it did. Oh, sure. Yeah. So what do you find now in your sacred healing spaces? How do you hold space for women of color in that? Oh yeah. So the, um, one of the things when I first launched my business, the very first thing that I did was created a listening space, a listening community, mm. much like the one that I went to. And it's called the conversation lounge. It's a free offering for women of color. We meet every third Thursday, uh, virtually. And so, um, People can zoom in from wherever, women of color can zoom in from wherever. And uh, basically we practice holding space for one another. And um, just, um, okay, first of all, let's talk about the way women of color show up in the world. There's this conditioning that um, we have to be these, these super women and hold all of this, um, everything for everyone all the time. Sure. Um, yeah. And so, you know, women have that role too, but there's an intersection for women of color um, and then a higher expectation that we are not only to hold up everyone in our lives, but also everyone in our family and in our friends, but also when we show up at work that sometimes we're often expected to um, uh, be caregivers for the people around us, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so it's a societal expectation that we can do all of these things and not have our own feelings or emotions, or even have the right to have mental health, uh, you know, depression. We're not supposed to have those things. And so there's these expectations. So for women of color to come and drop down all of that guard and sit across from another woman and, and talk from the heart, it's already hard because most women of color don't think they need that space, right? Because they're superwoman, they got it all together. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
just opening this container and having this space, it's been a beautiful, very spiritual, very healing space for the women who show up. So we usually have anywhere from six um, on my one year anniversary, which was in January, we had 30 women show up. Um, and uh, so we come in, uh, we have a topic. Um, last month, we talked about um, giving ourselves permission for whatever that unspoken thing is. Mm. For me, it's permission to travel. Um, and so we, we talk about that. And then we uh, go off into what I call private lounges. We don't call them breakout rooms. We call them private lounges. Oh, I love that. And, in twos and then you just practice deep listening back and forth around a prompt we come back we process that a little bit and then we go in for a round two on another prompt and women are connecting and laughing and it's just been a incredible place some of the other things i offer are um, coaching around um, somatic uh, somatic stress release um and also um I do Thomas Hanna somatics. So, but there's a twist on that as well. Cause I kind of want to make it a little soulful because mm, to me, mm-hmm. Thomas Hanna is like really clinical and really structured. Um, and when I was first introduced to it in a storytelling program, we were, it was prescriptive. We were supposed to do it once a day, but I found that it was so incredible I enjoyed it so much. It became a very intimate practice that I started doing it twice a day, once prescriptively, like it was like we were given it. But at nighttime, it was just more of this intimate kind of connection to my own body. And so it was just kind of a flow. And so, again, it's something that I wanted to bring back and introduce to women of color. And I love that how you've created the space that really nurtures the shift from connecting role to role to soul to soul, mm. you know, to really be able to connect from the heart and to really drop down into that. And then outwards to, you know, the women that are there with you or the women across from you. And just really listening and holding space for each other like that. It's such a loving embrace, you know, I can, I can just feel the energy of that about how nourishing and nurturing that can be for someone and ultimately make us more productive, right? In a different Mm -hmm. way. It's, it's how we feel and how we show up and how we approach life. And I love how you're really cultivating the approach of being very gentle and compassionate and with loving kindness and really valuing rest yeah yep and particularly for women of color yeah so thank you so much for the work that you do and I just want to open it up to our audience a way of being able to get in touch with you of how maybe especially well women of color can connect into this conversation lounge and and be a part of that how can they do that so there are a couple of ways that um folks can get connected with me. Um, you can uh, find me on Facebook with my business page, which is Sacred Healing Spaces. My website is um, www.sacredhealingspaces, you have to have the S on it, um, dot com. And then you can all also just email me at Tekka Thompson, uh, Tekka.Thompson at gmail.com. 
and uh, you can connect. And also the Conversation Lounge is also searchable on Eventbrite. So you can also find it on Eventbrite as a reoccurring event. It's always up there if you would like to check out the Conversation Lounge. And uh, just as we wrap up here, I wanted to say that um, I'm actually going to be taking a rest from the Conversation uh, Lounge in the month of March because I need a vacation. And uh, we had talked about giving ourselves permission. And one of the things I needed to do was give myself permission to travel. So I'm going to be taking a vacation, resting on the beach. So yay, um, <laughs> congratulations. Join us in uh, April if you would like to connect with us in April. So. Okay. Okay. That is awesome. And I'll have all the links down below in the description so that it's easy to connect. Tekka, it was such a wonderful opportunity to be able to listen for you to share your story and your inspiration and motivation for anyone to rest and particularly for women of color. Thank you so much for joining me today. I wonder if there's anything else that you'd like to share, any final words or messages of wisdom that you'd like to put out? I think what I want to end on today, typically I just would end with a restful practice, but today I'm gonna, I'm just going to end with that. When we say rest, it doesn't always mean you have to go and take a nap. Mm. A restful moment would be perhaps just taking a minute to push back from your computer, or whatever you're doing and maybe daydream and look out the window or just connect to your breath for a second or just sitting quietly and, and um, you know, listening to what your body has to say. So there's a way to find moments of rest because I was really talking a lot about sleep, rest and sleep. And um, they're really two different things. And so you can always find a quick moment of rest in your busy day and it's best to actually have lots of those moments in, in your day, right? Mm. Um, and so that's what I want to leave, leave with is that find really quick creative ways or, you know, to rest throughout your day. That is really beautiful. And it actually reminds me too of a quote by Thich Nhat Hanh, the late Thich Nhat Hanh now, that make each moment an occasion to live deeply, happily in peace. Thank you all so much for listening, for watching today on Wise Woman Wednesdays. Thank you, Tekka Thompson. I am so grateful for you and all the work you do in encouraging us all to rest. Bye, everybody.